0: The most surprising part is that I think about my work all the time now, and I love it. I love the fact that I wake up thinking about this. I think about it on the weekends. I work on the weekends. It feels like such a gift to be able to think about what I love most.
1: Welcome to Career Relaunch, the podcast focused on helping you overcome the challenges of making a major career change. My name is Joseph Liu, and I'm here to help you figure out the steps you can take to move on in your career and make your professional ambitions a reality. In each episode, we'll be speaking with people who have an inspiring career story to share learning from the brave leaps they took to pursue something new and helping you find the clarity, confidence, and courage to make your own brave decisions that improve your career and life. You can subscribe to this podcast by going to careerrelaunch.net, where you can listen to all the latest episodes and get more useful resources to help you navigate your own career journey. Today, my guest is gonna talk about relaunching her career from being a software marketer to a metal worker and designer. We'll talk about what it's like to be in flow and to truly care about your work. Afterwards, during today's mental fuel segment, I'll wrap up with a few thoughts on how to figure out whether you're doing work that energizes you or depletes you. On today's show, I'm really excited to feature Zai DeVecha. Zai is a metalworker and designer who learned to weld at the age of 14. She first worked in the tech industry before deciding to return to her metalworking roots in 2014 when she founded Electra Steel. She now spends her days creating handcrafted steel art and home goods. She spoke with me from San Francisco. Hello, Zai. And thank you so much for taking a break from your metalworking to join us here on Career Relaunch.
0: Thanks so much for having me.
1: I am so excited to have you on the show. And when I heard about you, I just had to hear more about your story. And I got so many questions to ask you. I don't even know how we're going to fit it all in. But can you (laughs) just start by, first of all, explaining what it is that you do?
0: Yeah, so I'm a metal worker and a designer, and my background is in TIG welding, which is a specialized form of welding that allows you to weld different kinds of materials and of many different thicknesses. In the past, I've done some furniture, some lighting, I've done a number of welded, faceted, geometric, stainless steel vases and planters and bowls and things like that. And right now I'm working on a line of geometric wall hangings that are tiled mosaic pieces of steel.:
1: How long does it take you to? do one of these?
0: The design takes either several hours or several weeks, depending on how many design revisions the client asked me to do. The actual cutting, sanding, finishing, staining, waxing, like mounting, welding, grinding, all of that takes about a week.
1: And how long have you been doing this?
0: Well, I've been welding since I was 14. 14 but as a hobby in my free time. I went to an amazing high school in San Francisco that taught metalworking, glass, jewelry, architecture, woodworking, and electronics. And every student had to rotate through all the shops to get a little taste of each one. And I absolutely, I fell in love with metalworking as soon as I tried it. It was just a hobby until fairly recently. About a year and a half ago, I decided to quit my job to do it as a career, which is totally different than doing it as a hobby, obviously.
1: (laughs) Okay, Zai, so you're working on metalworking right now, but just a couple of years ago, you were doing something very different. Could you just take me back to the type of work you were doing before you got into welding and metalworking?
0: Yes, I was on the marketing team at an enterprise software company called Box. I was in charge of customer marketing, so using customer stories to showcase uh, the power of what Box can do for companies in a variety of industries. So literally no overlap with what I'm doing now. I loved Box. I loved the product. I still use it today for all of my work. I love the company. The people were amazing. It was a great community. It was comfortable. It was stable. The one thing that really got to me, though, was that I realized that I was never in flow state. I was constantly toggling between working on a PowerPoint here and responding to this quick email. And someone would come over and ask me a question. And I dashed to a meeting. And then I had pick up loose threads on this project and I get interrupted and flow state is that mental state in which you're really in the zone. Like you're immersed and you're engaged, you're highly focused. It's often a joyful feeling. Most people experience flow at some point in their life, whether it's, you know, when they're gardening or engineers I talk to feel like sometimes they get in flow when they're really in the zone working through um, a challenging problem. I definitely feel it when I'm working with my hands whether I'm knitting or cooking or drawing, painting, welding, uh, making jewelry. I've, I've always done stuff with my hands in my free time since I was a little kid. And um, that's when I feel the most engaged and focused. But I was thinking like, oh man, I wonder if I could create a job for myself where I'm in flow for at least some part of, if not the day, at least some part of the week would be really, really nice.
1: I know you mentioned that you started welding when you were 14. Yeah. Did you ever consider just jumping right into it? And if not, what stopped you from doing that?
0: You know, great question. So in high school, I had many people ask me, Oh, are you going to apply to art schools? You should definitely go to art school because I was already making furniture and art. And I, I already knew that I loved it more than anything. And at the time I had this naive impression of what it would mean to be an artist and the kind of life that would involve. And I felt like, oh, I have so many other interests. I have so many other ways that I want to use my brain. Creating art is just one part of how I like to use my brain. And um, I I didn't think it would be satisfying. And so I went to a liberal arts college. I went to Yale. Um, I studied completely other things in college and in grad school. And it wasn't until pretty recently that I had this somewhat obvious epiphany that being an artist or making something physically with my hands also involves... There's a whole business side of it that I did not even realize. And I didn't realize until I worked at Box that I actually really enjoyed thinking about business strategy, that I would enjoy the marketing, that I would enjoy the sales. I would love figuring out how to run a sustainable business. And once I realized that there's that whole side of it, I was like, oh, maybe this actually would really satisfy my brain in a lot of ways. I would get the creative engagement of working with my hands and designing something aesthetic and and visual. But I would also get to switch gears and figure out my marketing strategy, like update my social media stuff, figure out my sales channels are, working with clients, all of that stuff.
1: So can you take me back to the moment right before you made the decision to leave Box and start your own metalworking business? What was going on for you at that time?
0: I knew I wanted to leave I knew I wanted to work for myself. I knew that I wanted to be creative, but I didn't have have an exact plan. Um, I spent about a year getting all my ducks in a row. I talked to every metal worker that I could get my hands on to ask them questions about their career, how they got started, whether they thought I needed any professional training, did I need to go to school for this, Um, should I train under someone else, should I start my own business, should I just dive in, and then also about what their sales strategy was, what are their business goals, what have been the hardest parts, what have been the most rewarding parts. I tracked down every welding instructor that I've had to get their advice. I got introductions to metal workers in L.A., visited a number of shops down there. I read books on how to start your own business. So there was like an epiphany moment of like I don't think I want to be doing marketing at a tech company for the rest of my life. But then the transition spread out over, yeah, at least a year.
1: And during that year, you mentioned flow state before and that you were feeling out of flow when you were doing your previous work. What was that year like for you to continue to be working in a job where you felt like you were out of flow.
0: It's really hard. Whenever you have one foot out the door, but you're not through the doorway yet, it's hard because you're focused on the next thing, you're excited about the next thing, but you still have responsibilities to your current situation. And I think that's, that's true whenever you make a, whenever you leave a job. But the way that I looked at it was like, okay, I'm You know, I'm at this company, I'm committed to seeing this through. I wasn't leaving because I was unhappy. I was leaving to pursue my passion. It was something that a lot of people I think were excited for me. And so I think it made the transition a little bit easier because I could just be really honest with people. I could say, I love this job and I love what I'm doing here, but I think I could be really fulfilled if I could do this other thing that's totally unrelated.
1: Obviously, you had this passion for welding and metalworking. And yet you were continuing to explore and think about whether or not this was going to be the right thing for you to pursue. Mm -hmm. Was there something in particular that held you back from making the leap sooner? And, And the reason why I ask is because I talk to a lot of people who have this sort of dormant interest or this passion that they've been wanting to pursue, but they just, they can't quite bring themselves to do it. And I'm just curious what held you back from making the leap sooner?
0: I think a couple of things. One was that I don't think I would have known that I wanted to do this without having worked at Box. There are a couple, of things, a couple of parts about my experience at Box that helped directly lead me to this. One of them was the interest in marketing and sales. I had only worked at nonprofits before this. And so I'd actually never worked at a for-profit until Box. And I don't think I would have thought that I had it in me to be an entrepreneur or a small business owner without having grown up in that kind of business setting. The other experience at Box that I had that that helped motivate me to do this was that was I ran our company's cycling team. I started a cycling team to participate in AIDS Lifecycle, which is a seven-day fundraiser bike ride from San Francisco to LA. It happens every June. It's 545 miles. We raise money for the San Francisco AIDS Foundation and the LA LGBT Center. But the part that was really important feedback for me was that the fervor with which I dealt with even the most tedious logistical details in running this team made me realize that I am so happy and work so much harder when it's my own vision. Like I was coordinating corporate sponsorships. I was hosting events. We were doing fundraisers. I was organizing training rides, like overnight weekend trips and dealing with all the minutia of getting 26 people prepared to bike and camp for seven days in a row. And stepping back, I was like, wow, I am working really hard and I wish that I had felt this sense of fervor for what I'm actually getting paid to do. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. So that's when I was like, mm, maybe I shouldn't work for myself.
1: <laughs> yes, right. I, I know you mentioned you went to Yale for college. And then I know that you went to the Yale School of Public Health for grad school. How did people react to your decision to pursue what you're doing right now? I guess what's behind my question is, I also, I went to a school, I went to Northwestern and there's a certain amount of expectation about what your career should look like after Mm -hmm. you finish those types of pre-professional programs. I'm just wondering if you ran into any sort of skeptics or or critics along the way.
0: Oh, absolutely. At every turn. You know, when people are like, oh, you're going to quit your job to do what? Like, what's your plan? I explained that I tracked down mentors and did informational interviews and read books on starting business, that I was really doing my homework and putting together a plan there's one more thing that helped with the skeptics is I showed them pictures of things that I'd made. And that often helped change people's mind faster than anything else because they would say, Oh, wow, that's actually really good. I would totally buy that. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, I'm putting on my future newsletter list. <laughs> right.
1: I mean, do, you feel like, do you feel like people were questioning the type of work that you wanted to go into? Or, or were they questioning how good you were going to be at it? Like, What do you think was behind why people were skeptical?
0: It was a total mix. I mean, I I think they're skeptical that I could turn this into a sustainable business. They were skeptical that I was going to a career that was very non-traditional. I recently went to my five-year Yale reunion and I was sort of nervous going into it. I was like, oh my God, I'm, you know, I have this like master's degree that I'm not using at all and nothing that I'm doing is related to what I was doing in college. And so, and and meanwhile, most of my friends, many of them are already like practicing lawyers. Many of them are resident, like medical residents already. They're already doctors. And I've learned that some people are also skeptical because they wish that they were doing something that they cared about as much as I care about what I'm doing. I think many of them, you know, express skepticism because they were like, well, I have a dream and a passion, but I'm not doing it. (laughs) What's stopping me from doing it? Or could I do this? Or... I think it makes people think about how much they care about what they're doing and whether it's really in line with their values. And I totally recognize that very a very small percentage of the population has the financial freedom to be able to take this kind of risk. This isn't for everyone, and I definitely don't think that everyone has the the ability to just drop everything and start a business based on something that they love. That's not an option for many people.
1: The idea of going to a reunion is really interesting just because you're, (laughs) you're, you know, you're, I've actually got one coming up myself because you're going, you're going to go and see these people who you went to school with and then you're reconnecting with. And I would imagine everybody wants to come across at least seeming like they are happy with their lives. Was, (laughs) (laughs) Was there anything in particular that you observed about the people there in terms of the types of professions they were pursuing and their level of happiness with their work?
0: I went into it thinking that I was going to have to like prove myself and show off, you know, that this is a successful business and that I'm, you know, prove that my non-traditional path is, was worthwhile or respectable. But when I got there, it was much more relaxed and genuine. And people were really, I felt like people were really authentic about what, you know, what they liked about their job, what they didn't like about their job. I definitely connected strongly with the people who had also taken, a non-traditional career path like we we're like oh my god you're also doing something totally crazy that you don't know anyone else is doing this kind of thing like cool let's talk about it it was really it was fun and people responded much better than i expected to what i'm doing
1: so what what do you think has been the toughest part of making this career transition
0: the hardest part has been the emotional roller coaster I, I know that anyone changing careers goes through an emotional roller coaster. And definitely anyone who's trying to start their own business has felt that. And also I think most creative people feel the emotional roller coaster as well.
1: Why do you think that is in the creative industry in particular?
0: Because there's some degree of your work that's like your heart and your soul and your your vision. And other people may not always like it. And I think there's some element of you feel like your heart's on the line a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think the highs are obviously exhilarating. Like Selling a piece to someone who loves your work and getting money for it—like that's an amazing feeling. But the lows are also pretty low as well. I've had some weeks or months that were that were really hard, where I felt a crushing amount of self-doubt or even paralysis. Looking back now, I can see that those phases were all precipitated by specific events. You know, an especially tricky client project that was really far outside my comfort zone. Technically, changing metal shops a couple times. Each time is it's hard getting used to a new environment and a new Community. You know, I can see now that they were just growing pains, but at the time, each one felt like a crisis that made me question my decision to do this. Like, can I really do this? Did I make the right choice? I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to make money. This isn't going to work. Like, I took them very personally. Now, looking back, I can see that, you know, like, yeah, obviously these were growing pains and I'm stronger for having gone through them. But the highs and lows of working for yourself. It's, it's pretty hard because you're making the decisions. It's everything's up to you. Like whether this business succeeds or fails, you're running the show. (laughs) Uh So it's very personal.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I think you're, you're absolutely right, Zai, about when you're working for yourself, you are definitely putting yourself out there. And when people don't either want your services or they don't want your products, it's hard not to take it personally. In those moments where you're going through those lows, how did you get through that?
0: Well, I'm an extrovert, and I'm also an open book. So my strategy in any difficult situation is to connect with people around me, let them know what's going on, and get their advice. The more I share about what I'm struggling with, the more support I've gotten from people around me. A good example is uh, last summer I had an especially tricky client job. It was really outside of my comfort zone. Uh, It was technically challenging. Um, The client had high expectations. We also didn't have a contract in place. I didn't have any sort of, I'd never had a contract with anyone before. I talked to a handful of friends who are also freelancers and every single one of them has faced a client like this and they all gave me great practical tips for getting through it, what I should do next time. Many of them sent me their sample contracts to show how to set expectations. It was such a lifesaver and I am so much more prepared for that kind of a situation now and I really couldn't have gotten through it without the support of other creative freelancers. I think I've made a pretty big effort to specifically seek out friendships with other makers. creative freelancers and entrepreneurs they've become a major major source of support for me i have a weekly call with a friend of mine who runs his own wood and metal furniture company we literally talk through our weeks to-do lists we proofread each other's newsletters we problem solve fabrication challenges we hold each other accountable for setting and reaching our goals we're both extroverts who are running our own companies ourselves and so these weekly meetings have been critical and both of us feeling re-energized, refocused, and not so alone.
1: Okay, so you go into starting your own metalworking shop. What has been the most surprising part of transitioning into this line of work for you?
0: The most surprising part is that I think about my work all of the time now, and I love it. At my last job, I used to you know, clock out at the end of the day and try not to think about work as much as I could until I had to. And it's such a joy to care so much about what I'm doing that I'm constantly thinking of either new pieces or new strategies or, you know, wanting to learn new skills or getting advice from people. I love the fact that I wake up thinking about this. I think about it on the weekends. I work on the weekends. It feels like such a gift to be able to think about what I love most at all moments of the day.
1: (laughs) I think that's amazing because I think it's, it's, it's really nice once work doesn't feel like work. Yeah. And that separation between going to work and having to deal with it just goes away and it just becomes part of your life. Yeah. Which is a, a great place to be.
0: I want to be clear though, that that does not mean that it's easy or that it's fun all the time. So I don't want, I want to dispel with the myth that being a maker or running your own business is like roses and sunshine all the time, because there are many parts of it that are not fun, but the parts that are fun are so worth it. And it's so rewarding that it, it gives me the fuel to get through the parts that are, that are tricky.
1: So in those moments when it is fun, I'd love to just go back to that concept you talked about of being in flow. We've talked about being out of flow. Sometimes people ask me, well, how can I tell if the thing that I'm doing now is or is not right for me? And I'm wondering if maybe being able to understand when you are in flow could help people understand when they are doing the right thing. Can you just take us through what it's like for you now to be in flow each day? Like, Can you just describe? that experience?
0: Sure. My week is typically broken up into business and computer tasks and then metal shop tasks. So my days are kind of are very different. So if, if it's a computer day, you know, I'm doing design and wide site updates, product photography, sketching, computer design things like that. And then I have days where I'm in the metal shop wearing workshop clothes. I'm cutting, grinding, welding, sanding, that kind of thing. So I find that I'm most in flow either when I'm sketching designs or when I'm actually welding or doing metalworking. The feeling of flow is, I don't know, there's something really meditative about it. I notice that I'm in flow when I realize, like, oh my God, it's 3 or 4 p.m. and I forgot to eat lunch. Like if I'm not in flow, I get hungry very, very, very regularly. Like, okay, it's lunchtime. I've got to go eat. When I'm in flow, my body's like, what? Like, oh, we've, we forgot about that. That's not important. <laughs> I forgot
1: to go to the bathroom.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but when I step out of it and I look back at what I've accomplished, I look back at either all the pieces that I've like cut and sanded and welded, or I look back at the finished piece and I step back and I think like, wow, like this is cool. This is, this is what I envisioned. And it's, like a few weeks ago, this was a design in my notebook or on a computer. And now I'm physically holding it. And I love that wow. moment. It's very magical. But it feels like sometimes it, the flow state feels like a time warp, like when I'm working and like time passes and yeah, I just get lost in it. It's such a good feeling.
1: Yeah. One of the things that struck me before this call, I was watching one of your time-lapse videos. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that really stood out to me was how singularly focused you were on the object in front of you. I think (laughs) it just seemed like your eyes just they didn't go anywhere else other than on the thing you were working on. And it was just a really interesting thing to watch. So when you look back on your career change, what's something that you wished you had known that you now know
0: so part of me wishes that I could go back and reassure myself that this business is totally going to work. People are going to love your work. You're going to find customers. They're going to pay you money. You're going to wake up every day loving what you do and caring what you do. But I think if I had gone back and actually told myself that, I would have gotten complacent and I don't think I would have worked as hard. The fear of the unknown and the anxiety that I had about whether or not this could work and how it would all work and how the pieces would fit together, that motivated me to to learn everything I could, to be really, really prepared, to do my research, to do my homework, to get all my ducks in a row, I think it pushed me much harder. So if I could have the chance, I'm not, I'm not sure I actually even would go back and reassure myself that that this could work and that it could be a fulfilling form of work for me.
1: I also was just curious, what's the best career advice that you've received?
0: Do your homework. Talk to as many people as you can who have made this kind of a jump and Ask them the hard questions. Ask them what the least favorite part of their day is. Ask them what the biggest hurdles have been. Um, Make sure that you go into it with your eyes open, knowing both what the potential is for the benefits and the amazing thrill that you can get from this switch, but also the, the part that's just really hard work so that you know what you're getting yourself into.
1: Has there been any particular way that you've gone about your days that has worked especially well for you? Or has there been anything in particular that you've done that you feel has been one of the secrets to you succeeding in this line of work?
0: Whenever I come up against something where I'm like, oh my God, I have no idea how to do this. I think when I first started this business, my attitude was like, oh no, maybe I'll never figure it out. Or like, this seems really hard and complicated. But now my attitude is, well, there are thousands of other small business owners. They've figured it out before me. I'm sure I can figure it out too. And I think that confidence has given me a scrappiness that helps me get through a lot of the challenges now.
1: Well, okay. I've got to wrap up here by talking a little bit about welding. And the reason why is because I just know absolutely nothing about it. And I, I very rarely come across people who are in this line of work. So I was just wondering if you could just Tell us a little bit about the process of welding. Like, how do you go from an idea to a finished product?
0: I design the piece using CAD software, so I make a 3D model of it. I unfold it to get the you know what each of the facets is going to look like, and then I have those parts laser cut so that the parts are really really precise. I set up the welder. I prefer a method um, called flash tacking, where you just hold the piece and then do a quick um, spot of heat to fuse the two parts together at one spot. And then I go back and weld all the corners to seal all the corners up. And then I really get in the zone and just run long welds along each of those edges. The puddle of molten metal is very small. It's a very precise movement. I'm sitting very still, guiding that little puddle across that seam.
1: Wow. Very interesting.
0: It's cool. It's, it's pretty magical.
1: Yeah. Do you have a favorite thing to weld?
0: I love welding uh, 16-gauge stainless steel. It's thin sheet steel. If you're doing it right, it makes this nice little rainbow color. It's very quiet. It's very smooth, very clean. Yeah, that's my favorite material to weld. Well,
1: I I watched a video of you doing some of this welding on your website, and I know part of it involves putting on a lot of protective gear.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) uh,
1: It's... uh, It's not for the faint of heart, I think, doing this kind of work. So very interesting. Well, if people want to find out more about you or the work that you do, where can they go?
0: Sure. Well, they can go to my website. It's electrasteel.com, E L E K dot com, And if you're interested in seeing behind the scenes photos from the metal shop and from my process, uh, from sketching all the way through to fabrication, um, Instagram is a great way to stay in touch with me. I'm just at Electra Steel on Instagram.
1: Well, I can definitely highly recommend that people check out some of your time-lapse videos online, which are mesmerizing to watch. So thank you so much, Zai, for sharing your story with us, talking about flow, how you made this business become a reality, and also the importance of doing homework and also teaching us a little bit about welding. So thank you so much for your time.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Joseph. This was really fun.
1: So I hope you enjoyed hearing Zai's thoughts on the feeling of flow, how to prepare for a career change, and the benefit of connecting with like-minded people. Now it's time to wrap up with today's Mental Fuel, where I'll be sharing a few thoughts on the difference between doing work that energizes you and work that depletes you. This is the part of the show called Mental Fuel, where I finish with a brief personal story related to one of the topics we covered today and wrap up with a simple challenge for you to help you move forward in your own career. So for today's mental fuel, I'm gonna leave you with a few closing thoughts on an idea related to some things I touched on, being in flow. Specifically, I'd like to talk today about the difference between doing work that energizes you and doing work that depletes you. Then I'll finish up by sharing a free worksheet you can use to help you identify one energizing activity you can add into your own career and life. One of the original architects behind the concept of flow was the Hungarian psychologist Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi. And he went on to say people are the happiest when they're in a state of flow, which he defined as a state of being completely absorbed with an activity where nothing else seems to matter. And to achieve a flow state, he said there's gotta be a match between the high challenge of the task and the high skill of the person doing that task. This reminded me of another concept I always try to keep in mind with my own career that has to do with the difference between doing work that's energy generating and doing work that's energy depleting. Let me start by giving you an example from my own career of what it's like to do work that's energy depleting. So many years ago, I spent one summer working in a pharmacology lab doing cancer research. And my job was to grow and maintain healthy cell cultures in a sterile lab environment. So I spent most of my days staring through microscopes at cells on Petri dishes and working with a lot of biochemistry equipment in a lab. And there were three things I experienced which I only later realized were signs that this work wasn't right for me. First, I just wasn't interested in the work. I felt my mind drifting a lot. I found myself feeling really bored at work to the point where I really actually struggled to stay awake on most afternoons. Second, I noticed that I wasn't very good at it. I found it really hard and doing this kind of work was kind of a struggle for me. I made a lot of mistakes and I actually ended up ruining a lot of experiments and none of my results were coming out like they should have. Finally, and probably most importantly, I just didn't feel like myself. I didn't feel like I was making the most of my strengths. And I definitely didn't feel like my personality, which was much more people focused, was well-suited to dealing with bacteria and viruses and microscopic material all day. And all this left me feeling completely depleted. And I'm talking about physically and mentally, pretty much at the end of every single day. And it wasn't until about 15 years later during my most recent corporate job when I really started to understand how much of an impact energy has on your job satisfaction and really your entire life. My last job when I was working on a global marketing team at a large organization really depleted me. And that ultimately made me decide to leave that world behind and start my own business. And in a nutshell, when you're doing work you enjoy, it fills you with energy. And when you're doing work you don't enjoy, it absolutely drains your energy. Now I'm sharing this with you, first of all, just to let you know that I've been on both sides of the coin here. And if you feel like your work depletes you right now, you're definitely not alone. I know plenty of people who feel this way, and I've had plenty of times in my own career when I've felt completely misplaced. I know what it's like, and I know it's really unpleasant. But I've also had times in my career, like right now, when I really love what I do, when I regularly wake up before the alarm clock feeling excited about the workday, when I lose track of time, and when I don't even feel like work is work. So the question for you is, how does your work leave you feeling? At the end of each day? Are you doing work that depletes you, or are you doing work that energizes you? It's so important to clarify to yourself what impact your work is having on your energy levels because energy creates motivation, and motivation creates drive, and drive helps you get stuff done and do great work that's truly fulfilling. And this reminds me of a quote from Oprah Winfrey When you're doing the work you're meant to do, it just feels right, and every day is a bonus, regardless of what you're getting paid so my challenge to you is to add an activity to your work or life that energizes you whether you're doing work you love or work you hate what's one realistic shift you could introduce into your work to help you feel more energized and in flow every single day if you want some help uncovering which activities might allow you to feel more energized and find your own career flow You can download a free worksheet I created with a few simple questions to help you figure this out at careerrelaunch.net slash episode eight, where you can also find a summary of the key ideas and links mentioned today. While you're there, you can ask me a question. And I'd also love to hear which energy generating projects or activities you decided to add into your own work. Also, you can help support this podcast by subscribing or leaving a positive review on iTunes. You can do that right there at careerrelaunch.net slash episode eight. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Career Relaunch and a special thanks again to Zai Devecha for joining us today. I'm Joseph Liu and I'll see you next time.